welcome to episode six of the Scout Trailblazers podcast. And this week, I'm talking with creator Ben Slaback, who has the map maker coming from Scoot. And the deadline to put your order in to make sure you get this is the 27th, which is only a few days away. So how are you doing, Ben? Very good, uh, Wayne. Thank you very much for having me. It's always good to talk with you. And let's jump right into the map maker and talk about what it's about. Why don't you give people a description as to what the map maker is about? Sure. So it's a story that had been tossing around in my head for a little while. You know, I had this concept where this individual would have this ability to, to draw a map and that map would come to life with the use of this uh, magical orb. So um, one day when I came across the artist's portfolio, Francesca's, it just kind of clicked for me. Um, you know, I reached out to her and then we started to develop the, the story further. So, yeah, it's, it's a high seas fantasy adventure. We've got, um, you know, high stakes um, and um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, aimed at readers of all ages and uh you know, we've had um, a soft launch for it at New York Comic Con last year. We had great, great feedback for it. And uh, we found, you know, literally the readers of all ages uh, pick it up. And, uh, yeah, which was great to see. Yeah, I, I, that's where I first heard about it. I saw your stuff about New York Comic Con. And was it that you sold out there? How did it go at, at New York? Yeah, that's right. So um, we brought stock, obviously. We had to bring some from Australia. Some was printed in the U.S. But um, MapMaker was uh, the first one, actually, to, to sell out out of my books. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of uh, buyers actually returned looking for Volume 2 the next, uh, next couple of days, So, which was very good. Yeah, that's great. And uh, then it's it now coming out from Scout, which is great to see. And let's see. One of the things I've noticed is uh, that you have a cast of characters that are fun. The, the map maker himself. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you talk about him? He's an older gentleman with a, with a big white beard. Yeah, that's right. So I envisaged a character that had been in that position for quite a long time and that it was, you know, sort of a time to pass the torch on, if you will. So he, with his ability to control this magical orb that gives him this ability sort of waning, he's, he's finding it unable to, to focus that energy from the orb anymore. So he's looking for his successor. And the race to reach him from two different parties begins. Um, one is delivering a successor, while the other party is looking to actually try and obtain this power for themselves. Mm-hmm. Now we've got uh, two competing captains. In this, there's a uh, captain. Is it Lei Li of the Rogue Wave? Is that who she is? That's right. That's right. So she leads. She's a friend of the map makers, and she's delivering uh, who she believes is his successor. And on the other hand, we have Captain Legrand of King Gus, who wants nothing more than to obtain this power for himself. So they eventually will cross swords. On, on their way to, to uh, reach the map maker. Now, how many issues in the series, by the way? So the way it was originally envisaged was two larger sort of uh, volumes. Um, but uh, the way it's structured, obviously, we'll have issue one and then um, the full volume. So it's about all up. It's about 120-odd pages. 
Mm-hmm. So the first one, uh, I guess it's normally when it comes out, when you can order it, this is probably going to be February. We figure when this is going to hit the That's right, stores. February 3rd, I think, uh, is the release date. Okay, very good, very good. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit about the the various characters and stuff. There's quite a lot of – one of the ones I really liked was the the Master Gunner. Mm-hmm. Who's works with, I think, with Captain Legrand on the ship? What, do what's the name of the ship that, that Captain Legrand is on? Uh, we refer to it just as the, the frigate. You know, it's the fastest ship that Kinga sent. I didn't necessarily name the ship. That's a good observation. Okay. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. um, we, um, it's yeah. It's, so it's so it's it's only only referred to you know kind of as the frigate. You know, chasing them down and. Uh, and yes, the character you mentioned—it's actually one of my favorites. Um, he, he's the—he's one of those you know clumsy guys that uh, tries his best, but always you know ends up tripping or dropping something, or and uh, you know he'll provide a bit of uh, comic relief throughout the story. Yeah, he's the most human of the of the bunch. He kind of—it's it, fun to watch him, and he's you know while everybody else is very serious and focused on the mission, he's just trying to get his job done, and it's not not always done the right way, unfortunately for him. But uh, he kind of is a little bit of comic relief, you're right, and he makes things like I said. I, I feel he he makes things a little human. He, he makes us remember, you know, what's going on. Now I want to go back to Captain Lee. I'm kind of interested that she is a captain, you know, which makes me ask, what time period is this set in? Do we know? Uh, probably estimate, you know, around uh, around the 16th, 17th century mark, you know, equivalent, sort of a parallel earth uh, type scenario. Yeah. Because she's a captain. I, I, you know, I didn't get a chance. I was going to look up and see how many woman captains we had. Uh, particularly in that era, but uh, I'm kind of interested that you chose her to be kind of the one of the main focuses because I, I love a strong female character. So for me, I was happy to see her. Is this kind of a, are we going someplace new by having a female captain like that? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I mean, I, I did want to have that bit of dynamic between her and Captain Legrand and um, sort of based her on some of the, some of some of the pirates in the past, uh, you know, there had been, um, you know, out of Asia, there had been some pirates, probably maybe a little bit later than the book is uh, actually set in, more towards the 18th century. But uh, yeah, I just thought it would be an interesting dynamic, um, you know, crossing swords with um, with Captain Legrand and kind of on an ongoing antagonism between them. Um, you know, and sort of even in some ways. Uh, competition, you know, and what I have plans um, for future stories as well, that that uh, dynamic will continue. Mm-hmm. Now, Captain Legrand, of course, he's looking to advance, shall we say, That's right. in the world. He, he wants to, if he gets the ca- the uh, map maker, he feels like that will make him into an admiral. Is that what the king is kind of telling him at that yeah, point? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, this is his most important mission to date. Uh, you know, if he does well, he'll be rewarded. So he doesn't necessarily believe in all of this map maker business, you know, that someone can just make land out of thin air. So he's just there to complete his mission and uh, deliver the map maker to the king. Now, it, it's fun how the book starts out. You know, the, you see Legrand and he's the he's trying to catch the map maker who is on like a little island. And 
it's fun to see, you know, he, he thinks he has everything all taken care of. And then he decides to wait until the morning to, to be able to go and capture the map maker. And that, that proves to be a, a mistake. Yep. So uh, the storm uh, kind of puts a dent in his plans, uh, but he, you know, he thinks, you know, what's one more night he'd been looking for him for quite a while, but uh yeah, the, to his surprise, uh, there's a development the next day and um, not quite as easy as uh, he thought it would be. Yeah, what's interesting is what the mapmaker says, and you, you, you've talked a little bit about the fact that he's looking for a successor. He's tr- he, In order to, to get away, he needs to activate the magic, and he says one more time. In other words, he doesn't. He's not certain that he can still wield the magic. It, it seems like so. Yeah, that's right. To- so he feels he's sort of been backed into a corner, and uh, he's trying one more time, you know, to shift the island and um, to uh, avoid getting captured. Yeah, which of course leads to a surprise for the captain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is quite funny. You know, he's uh, there's the the guy who is there, and he want he's polishing the 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 cannonballs or making sure they don't get wet, which is a funny bit. And of course, the one thing when the captain discovers that, let's just say things aren't working out the way he wants, he says, "At least our cannonballs will be nice and shiny." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, Master Gunner. Yep, providing a bit of <laughs> a bit of comedy there. One of the fun things is the dialogue, but this book has a lot of fun. Uh, the way that they interact is is quite, you know, entertaining, I have to say. It's funny to see the captain who even, you know, who I would think he'd be a lot angrier and stuff. And yet he responds in a funny way. And, of course, he's, he's going, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together and all this stuff. And I, I just think that one of the great things about this book is the the way that you have developed the characters and the way that they interact. And because it's all ages, it's one of those great all ages books that doesn't talk down to people is one of the great things I love about it. Was that kind of one of the goals that you had in mind when you did the map maker to, to make this a really, it, it's kind of an intelligent all ages book, which I like. Yeah, I mean, um, as you mentioned, I mean, I did really want to make a genuinely all-ages book. Uh, you know, my, I myself, having grown up with uh, Franco-Belgian you know, graphic novels, this is in that style of, uh, you know, Asterix, Tintin, the rest. Um, and, yeah, I mean, uh, the dialogue I usually spend quite a bit of time on, regardless of which book I um, work on. And, um, yeah, I... I Wanted the book to be good-natured in a way. You know, I didn't want, you know, too much negativity in it. You know, I wanted to sort of come out, whatever happens, it's going to be a sort of a happy end, you know. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, so it's um, – I, I think I've, I hope, uh, you know, thank you for the comments. I, I'm glad uh, that's kind of come across. And, um, yeah, I find it quite a lot of fun uh, to work with within those um, sort of constraints, yeah. See, that's interesting because this is quite a change from your other books like, say, Exilium, which is straight science fiction, which is one of my very favorite books in a long time because I I love science fiction. This – it's great that you can change gears and do, you know, uh, an older uh, era title that has a lot of – they're still human and still a a lot of – uh, fun in it and adventure, that word that I, I, I love so much and I don't see very much 
in comics and that this book revives a lot of the adventure in it, you know, daring do and swashbuckling and things like that goes on in this book quite a lot. And I really like it. The, the action and the movement and stuff. I think that uh, kids will be engrossed just as much, I think, as adults will. So uh, on those levels, I think that Mapmaker is one of those books that I, if you want to do an all-ages book that works, I think Mapmaker is a good example of that. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the comments. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I had a bit of a break between um, what originally, as I mentioned, was it was a two-volume series. So between volume one and two, I received quite a lot of feedback from, you know, the, the, the first print run that I, when I self-published it. So it was, it was, you know, I had a feeling that it was tracking well and that it did strike chord with, with the readers and, um, and sort of, you know, I had to continue with that with volume two, which with Scout, of course, will be combined into one uh, long uh, uh, paperback, trade paperback. Mm-hmm. Which will be great. Now, you mentioned Francesca Carita, the artist, yeah. and I, I, I really am interested in, you know, the choice of her because this is a little more, I mean, it, it feels almost like an animated feel to it or almost a Disney-esque kind of thing. Was that what you were looking for with the story? Yeah, yeah. So any at any one time, I've got, you know, a bunch of stories tossing about in my head, and often it will be... One won't really um, sort of get to a point where I'm ready to pull the trigger on it until I, I find an artist that I think suits that particular story. So that was the case with Francesca. When I saw her portfolio, uh, another book that she had been working on at the time, um, I just thought, uh, yes, yeah, so some of the character expressions, the movements, you know, the backgrounds, um, you know, had that almost, yeah, as you mentioned, almost an animated feel. So, so I reached out to her. She, she liked the concept, and uh, yeah, and that's and that's how it really got started. But uh, yeah, I think she's done a great job on it. As you said yourself, it does look, it does have that uh, that quality. And um, yeah, I think it would make a great animated, <laughs> great animated. Mm-hmm. I like the choice of colors. I mean, in the beginning, when the the pursuit is going on, it's darker because it's a storm happening. Mm -hmm. And then there's an interesting contrast between that and the next morning, you know, when they wake up and the Captain Legrand is very very sure of himself and it's very different. The color changes quite dramatically. It's, It's very bright and sunny and stuff like that, which is... A contrast, interestingly, to what's going on with Captain Legrand, he, he he's very surprised and disappointed, and it, I I love the way that the the use of color is in, is involved. I like the fact that Legrand wears like a light blue outfit, and Captain Lee, obvious contrast, wears a red yeah, colored yeah. outfit. Which all these things make for a visually interesting thing. I think that even if it's a younger child, I think they're going to be intrigued by the colors and the drawings. So I think, you know, Francesca was that was an excellent choice for this story. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. She's very, very talented, and um, so she's done uh, the, the artwork. Artwork is completely her work, including colors. So a lot of the color choice will have been her input. So. Um, yeah, it's, I think she's done extremely well with it. And, um, yeah, I mean, visually, it's a, it's a great-looking book. 
it's so much fun. It's just, it's bright and it's cheery. You're right on the sense that even though there's obvious conflict going on, it's not a dark conflict. Mm. And, you know, like many comics have, it's, it's kind of a brighter, like, yes, there's competition going on, but it's not a threatening kind of a thing. I mean, the two, the two captains at one point even talk to each other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they kind of come across each other, Previously, and uh, you know they're they're in a, on an island where it's considered to be a, sort of a neutral zone for everyone, so they're able to actually interact rather than immediately cross swords. So, uh, so there's you know uh, some dose of respect between the two of them as well on a certain level, and uh, I think that will sort of translate uh, as the story goes as well. But it's cordial. That was the thing that yeah. I was really impressed by. Yeah. You know, even when they talk, there's not a lot of you know good, you know, <laughs> this and that. The two of them actually respect each other and speak, you know, to each other with, you know, with a, a level of respect that I'm not used to. <laughs> you know, a lot of comics don't go that route. So when I saw that, I thought that was, you know, that was a kind of a nice thing to see, actually, because I think on, on many levels in society, we've lost that ability to, you know, to disagree and, and not be disagreeable, you know, with that. So I thought that particular sequence stood out to me, and it really set the tone for the book as far as that, that, that you can, you know, have conflict, but still do it in such a way that, that it's civil. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, yeah, so, you know, I wanted to produce a good-natured book, um, you know, as I said, regardless of, you know, what the end result may be and um, how they get there. But, uh, yeah, and, and hence why I think it, it has struck a chord with the younger readers. You know, I've even had um, younger readers reaching out to me with story ideas, you know, and things like that. So it, it's, I think it has kind of, um, you know, it's achieved what I sort of set out to do, I believe. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Now, one of the things I think that's going to be a big selling point for the comic when it comes out is it's got a cover price of a dollar ninety nine, and I think that's set to kind of draw people in. I mean, if, uh, some people, you know, when it comes to all ages books, they have to kind of be coaxed into it. It seems like, and so because you know, like I said, all ages sometimes are that, that, that talking down tone that, that they get. Yours doesn't have that, and I think that price is going to attract readers so that when the the collected edition comes out uh, in a couple months, I think there's going to be a lot of people looking forward to that. So um, I think that's a great thing for it. And, you know, being a number one, of course, is going to be great fun. One of the early books that comes out from Scoot. So I think that Mapmaker is one of those books, I think, that like you've experienced at New York and other places. I think this is a book that – really is all ages in, in the best way. So uh, it, it's such a good story and so engaging. So I, I really like that about it. So uh, well, I think it's it's a wonderful book. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Wayne. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I was thrilled when um, I had the book signed by Scout. You know, I had been talking to some of the stuff uh, at Scout for quite a long time, Brendan going years back. So it was very exciting to actually join this uh, Scout team. And then, then when Scoot was announced, uh, I thought that was fantastic, you know, to focus on um, all ages books. And um, and the, the as you said yourself said, the, the cover price uh, certainly makes it accessible to um, you know many people. It's uh, particularly in these times where 
you know, everyone was sort of watching their finances with all sorts of terrible things happening. So um, I think it'll be good. Uh, hopefully we will, you know, uh, see good numbers for number one. I know it's, you know, this whole system of pre-orders and everything is a little bit tricky, but, uh, you know, it's helping to uh, for a good result. Now, we talked about pre-ordering, and you have until the 27th to order. And what might help you is that we have the Diamond Previews number. It's DEC, as in December, 201-664. That is the Diamond Previews number. If you get your local shop and ask them for it, you can give them the number, and that often helps them find it. Uh, some comic shop folks are, are uh, well, they need a little help to, to order things. So I would be sure it's DEC again, 201-664. Make sure you let your, your shop know that so that you can get that in there because you're not going to want to miss it, particularly if you have a, a, a child you want to get into reading and get maybe get them into comics. I think Mapmaker is a great uh, gateway for that. I think it'd be a wonderful thing to do for that. All right, let's go. I, 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 since I've got you here, mm-hmm. let, let's talk a little bit about your other projects because you do some stuff that I really adore. And I've mentioned one of the books, and that's called Exilium. And you did a Kickstarter, and I got in the mail just a couple of days ago. I got the zero issue for the first series and the first issue, which was an extended issue for the second series. And I really love that book, and I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. Uh, uh, Talk a little bit about that. I mean, the Kickstarter was a success, right? Uh, yes, uh, thank you for that. Uh, yes, um, so this Kickstarter that I ran most recently was for the first issue of the second season, which continues from, obviously, from the way we left off. Even though the story may have been resolved at the end of issue one, um, it will will continue. There's greater scope in the world of Exilium. But it's definitely um, my favorite book that I've written it's um you know i didn't want to create just another alien invasion story it's you know i tried to put a spin on it um something that would sort of be revealed as the story unfolds uh little by little and um yeah i'm looking forward to exploring uh sort of the wider world of exilium uh we we're, we're currently producing issue number two and um in parallel, we're also developing a, um, a spin-off series that will sort of tie in um, into the story, but it will be a separate separate uh, sort of uh, arc with new characters, but it will all eventually tie in with, with the two series. So uh, something I'm pretty excited about, yeah. Wow, I, I didn't know about that. That's great to hear because, I, like I said, I love Exilium. If you like science fiction like I do, uh, it, it's hard to find what I call straight science fiction. There is what they call sci-fi, which is a little more fantasy-like. You know, A lot of people call Star Wars sci-fi instead of science fiction. Mm-hmm. But Exilium is science fiction, which is thoughtful, and, uh, and, and that, that doesn't mean it's dull. I mean, some people think science fiction is dull because they often get off in the concepts and they get lost in the in the, uh, you know the ethereal stuff. But Exilium is a very action-packed, very interesting, great characters, uh, wonderful setup. I, I, the, the whole business of who the Exilium are and stuff like that was so interesting. And I love that you have not only wrapped up the story, but gone into a whole second story out of it 
which I, I just think that is great because I, you know, in comics today are, are just endless. I mean, you get the X Men, you you don't know there is no ending. I mean, it just keeps going and going and going. And for me to actually get a resolution, I was like stunned. <laughs> I was so glad to see that. And I just, you know, I, you know, most stories have a beginning, middle, and end, but not not comics. So when I got to read that, I was so. You don't know how excited I got by that. <laughs> and a good ending, too. That was the thing that really got me. It was so, so well done. And I, if, if you haven't read Ex- Exilium, and it's spelled E-X-I-L-I-U-M, I do have to recommend that book. That is a great book for oh, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Um, yeah, it was definitely, as I said, one of my favorite stories. And um, you yourself said, yeah, I'd like, to, I'd personally like to see a story resolved. So, um, I made sure that, uh, you know, I will have that story wrap, but have scope to continue building in that world and building the mystery into exactly, you know, why some of the things the way they are. You know, I don't want to really reveal too much for those who haven't seen it. Um, you know, I had worried that uh, how the ending was going to land. Uh, but uh, you know, I've I've received very good feedback, so I'm I'm kind of happy that it did resonate with quite a lot of people. So, are you going to Kickstarter this spinoff series? Uh, yes, I was thinking potentially the next Exilium Kickstarter to be the next issue of Exilium proper, and then um, and then maybe combine it rather than run individual ones. Uh, so to include the new issue with it of the new series, because I plan to have a number of Kickstarters this year, so I'm just kind of mapping out my calendar and seeing where I can fit it in. I've got a you know a bunch of other books I plan to kickstart as well. Well uh, you're pretty successful with Kickstarters as I've I've noticed. And you know Kickstarter is a great way to help finance and get the word out about books. So I'm glad that uh, that Exilium is doing so well with that. Now the, the one thing I'm always in, appreciate about you too is you write a lot of different kinds of stories. I mean, you've had comics out where there was one called Trail, right. and that, that's a great one. And another one, 1566 AD is great. And oh, there's other ones coming, and there's, there's other things in the works, I know. So I, what I appreciate about your writing so much is that you can do several different kinds of writing and do it well. Oh, thank and, you. Yeah, I like to keep uh, my stories diverse, and uh, so you know, we range from science fiction to all ages to historical to um, you know action adventure. So um, yeah, currently I have you mentioned 1566 AD. That's a historical graphic novel. I'm doing that in parallel with another uh, historical graphic novel set in ancient Egypt called Mose. So uh, yeah, 2021, uh, we'll see a number of new books uh, released, and I will definitely utilize uh, Kickstarter to to launch some of these. That's a great way to do it because you know, it, it, like I said, it, it gets the word out, but it also helps fund oh, these absolutely. kinds of things. I, I mean, the production costs can be quite steep on some of these books, particularly when you're in for the long haul with a graphic novel. You know, 1566 will be about 100 pages, and um, you know, for, for that level of art, um, you know, very detailed art, um, it's quite a, quite costly. So, you know, Kickstarter does help offset some of these costs. Which is great. And if you go to Kickstarter, you can always look up Ben Slaback. And we should probably, I'll, I'll spell your last name in case somebody wants to find you. S-L-A-B-A-K, which is the way to look for it. But, uh, you know, there's always going to be good things. And we even did one called Fisherman, which I, I you know I have not read that one yet. I'm going to have to track that one down. And get a that's, uh, so that's, that's in uh, sort of pre-production, The Fisherman. 
which would be another sort of futuristic sci-fi story that uh, was inspired by classics like Moby Dick and uh, The Old Man and the Sea. It's out in space. It doesn't have a whale. <laughs> uh, might have a proverbial whale, but um, it's it's something uh, that I'm looking to produce uh, next year as well. And I'm very excited about the title. Oh, 2021 sounds like it's going to be the Ben Slaback year. All kinds of good things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it will be a lot of fun, you know, once uh, bring some of these books so close. Some of them have been in production for quite a while, particularly these historical graphic novels. Uh, spending a lot of time uh, researching them and um, trying to make them as authentic as possible. So, um, yeah, it'll be good to see some of them wrapped up. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be good. Now, if people want to follow you on uh, on social media, how do they do that? Sure. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me under Ben Slabak. So all the same uh, accounts. So B-E-N-S-L-A-B-A-K. Yeah, so the good things to do all over the place. And once again, I want to get back, make sure we get to Mapmaker. It's called The Mapmaker, and it's coming out from Scout under the Scoot imprint. And again, the, the number you want to give your store before uh, December 27 is DEC 201664. And The Mapmaker is a fun read. It's, it's a great all-ages book. I highly recommend it. And uh, be sure to order that so that uh, you can sit down with your young one if you want to get them into uh, comics and into reading even. The Mapmaker is a great place to go for that. So, Ben, it's great to talk with you. And The Mapmaker, I hope, is a big success just like your other ones. And people get a chance to really enjoy your storytelling. Thanks, Wayne. And uh, big thanks to the Scoot and the Scout teams for taking a chance on this book. And very excited to see it released through through the Scoot imprint. So very much looking forward to that in February. <laughs> <laughs>